Hello, fellow rebel capitals. Hope you're well. I am not in St. Bart's, but I am in the Bahamas. That is right for our mastermind meetup. The mastermind I have with my good buddies, Ken McElroy, Jason Hartman. And, uh, you know, I've never been to the Bahamas, but I am thoroughly impressed. First of all, the people here are incredibly courteous, very, very pleasant to deal with. And uh, from the hotel room, I don't know if you can see the the water there. There you go. You can kind of see it. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, there you go. Now you can see it. Gorgeous blue water. And as always, I've got Josh here. Now, this time, Josh is not outside my Airbnb villa sweating to death. He is actually at the private beach. Oh, look at that that we have reserved. <laughs> Our group. Josh, living the life. Living the high life, lifestyles of the rich and famous. The next episode is going to feature Josh Lassard at 20 years old, <laughs> jet setting around the world, smoking cigars, sipping whiskey, reading the Rob Report. That's basically jo Josh's lifestyle right now at 20 years old. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the video, guys. Jim Rickards just came out, made quite frankly a shocking prediction about the United States dollar. Well, it's shocking when you consider his former view on the dollar. So first and foremost, let's go to a Zero Hedge article from uh, July 25th. And this is titled, It's a Way to Destroy the Dollar. Jim Rickards wards, warns of supply chain fragility and BRICS currency plan. He's been well known for talking about, about the BRICS currency. This is not gold backed, but it'll likely be pegged to the price of gold, and this is going to be the final death blow to the dollar, and uh, therefore you should go out and buy gold. I like Jim. He's a really cool guy, really nice guy, and uh, I, but I, I don't really agree with some of his views, but I think that it's really interesting how his take on the dollar has changed significantly since even July of 2023. And I think we can see that with his latest prediction on the U.S. dollar. So let's fast forward to another Zero Hedge article that just came out. And this is Jim again explaining why the dollar is so darn strong. Check us out. Here's a quote. The dollar has been extremely strong over the past two years. The persistent dollar strength has many has been a mystery to many. After all, the dollar's problems are well known. He goes into some of those problems. The ratio of government debt to GDP approaching 130%. He said a prudent level, just to give you some context, it'd be about 30%. Anything over 90 is a headwind to economic growth. Uh, that's right. And I, I would argue that anything over 90% is actually deflationary because of a, a, a negative multiplier effect. But we'll save that for a separate video. So we all know the story here. The deficits are going through the roof. Uh, we've got a trillion dollars a year that's being paid just on interest. I was listening to my good buddy Brent Johnson this morning at his presentation. He was talking about how the uh, interest payments on the debt have now exceeded what was prior or what was earlier the largest line item on the budget, and that was military. So you hear all of these stories out there. In fact, I was going over another story with Josh this morning talking about how that the United States is just in this debt doom loop, that the deficits are going to go higher and higher and higher and higher, especially with recession, for heaven's sake. 
And that's going to lead to bigger and bigger and bigger debt loads. And the more debt, the more treasuries we have to issue, the more treasuries, the more supply. That implies that the interest rates, even if demand stays the same for treasuries, will go up, up and up and up to a point where the Federal Reserve has to intervene because the United States, although we might be able to handle, arguably, can handle the 10-year being at 5%. What happens when the 10 years at 10%, at 15%, and you get into this, again, this debt doom loop that we have seen in countries like Argentina? In fact, my good buddy Peter Schiff just came out with a podcast the other day where I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I think he was talking about the everyone is saying that the United United States might be the next Japan when in his view, the United States is the next Argentina. And so this is the argument. And then what happens when those interest rates go up and up and up? You guys know the answer to this. We have to get yield curve control where the Federal Reserve steps in. They have to buy all of these bonds so the government can go ahead and spend like a drunken sailor. They can actually, quote unquote, afford it and keep interest rates capped at a level that won't blow up the economy. And what happens then? The Fed's balance sheet goes to infinity and beyond. They quote-unquote print the money, and therefore this leads to dollar weakness. This is the argument. This is exactly what Rickards is highlighting here. Not his argument, but he's just highlighting this narrative that you guys have been hearing constantly, I'm sure, pretty much for the last six to nine months. And I would add to that the presentation that I did in New Orleans. I showed some charts just going back to 2019. And I don't know if you guys know this, but since 2019, the U.S. debt has gone from $22 trillion up over $32 trillion, just since 2019. So in the last three years, basically, the U.S. debt has gone up by over 40%. 40% M2 money supply has gone up by over 40%. The Fed's balance sheet has increased by 100%. That's just in the last three years. And guess what the dollar's done? It's gone from 90 to 114. So you see, the, the, the main takeaway there is that you've got to separate the dollar domestically from the dollar internationally. And the dollar can go down against goods and services like we've seen here in the United States where the CPI's gotten up to 9%. And I would argue it's a lot higher than that in reality. That means the dollar's losing value against stuff while at the same time, it's increasing in value. So when most people talk about a crash in the dollar, they, they talk about it as though the dollar going down in the United States is the exact same thing, as though they're tied together, as though they're synonymous. And when you get into the nuance, you see that that's not true. In fact, usually there's an inverse correlation, or there can be an inverse correlation between the dollar going down in the United States and the dollar going up against currencies, right? But, but uh, Jim Rickards gets into that in the next part of his blog post here. He says... So he goes over all of these reasons why the dollar should be going down. And they're the reasons that I just stated. He says, take your pick, but the dollar keeps chugging along. How can the dollar be so strong against such dismal landscape? There are two answers to the question. First of all, he points out pretty much Brent's view, where it's a relative game. So it's true, all the currencies suck, but the dollar just sucks a little bit less. And, you know, another good friend of mine, uh, Russ with the, the real estate guys, he was speaking this morning and he's talking about the dollar and he gave a fantastic visual, a great analogy. He said, you know, it's just like you've got uh, four or five guys that jump out of an airplane because they're skydiving. They're all falling. They're all heading straight for the ground. But 
one guy pulls the parachute, let's just say at 5,000 feet, let's say they jump out at 10,000 feet, they get down to 5,000 feet, and one guy pulls the chute. They're all going to pull the chute, but one guy pulls the chute the first, right? Well, his chute goes up, so now all of a sudden he's still going down, but he's going up at a much, or he's going down at a much slower rate. So relative to all the other guys that are still dropping, he's going up, but in reality, he's not going up. He's still falling to the ground, but he's just doing so at such a slow level that it seems like he's we'll call it appreciating in value. And this is the exact same way that you have to look at the dollar. And this is what Jim Rickards is pointing out as the number one reason, number one out of two, that the dollar seems to be quote unquote strong. And in terms of other fiat currencies, it absolutely is strong. There's no denying that. And it's and you say, George, well, what's the big deal? Because it's just a dollar against other currencies. Well, what you have to realize is that has a massive impact on the global economy. And the global economy has a massive impact on dollar liquidity, the global monetary system. And the global economy and the global monetary system have a massive impact on the U.S. economy. So we have to look at these things in totality. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options, Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. That's uh, Jim Rickard's reason number one, but that's not the most interesting reason. The most interesting is number two. Listen to this. The second reason for the dollar's strength is much more technical and not well understood, but it's critical to grasp. You don't need to nail down the technical details. It's enough that you understand the bigger picture. It involves the so-called euro dollar. Euro dollars are dollar-denominated deposits held at foreign offices of major banks and therefore fall outside the jurisdiction of the Fed and the U.S. banking regulations. The Fed actually has very little influence over the global dollar market. Let me read that again, guys. And this is Jim Rick, one is very famous for being bearish on the dollar. Very, very famous for being bearish on the dollar. But right here, Jim Rickards is saying... The Fed actually has very little influence over the global dollar market and the exchange value of the dollar. This is something that's crucial for people to understand, and so few people do. They think that the dollar and the government, they control, or excuse me, the Fed and the government control the dollar. They control the supply of dollars. They control the interest rates even. And I would argue that, well, I think there's a very good argument that they don't even control the front end of the curve, let alone the long end of the curve. But we'll save that for another video. But the bottom line is people think that they're at the center of the monetary solar system. 
And as Jim Rickards points out here, they're not. They're not. His words exactly. The Fed has very little influence over the global dollar market and the exchange value of the dollar. The old, now getting back to the article, the old currency metrics of balance and trade and moves in capital accounts are leftovers from a world of fixed exchange rates, which have been gone for decades. And this is something I brought up in my presentation in New Orleans. It's something I talk about all the time. And, you know, prior to the internet and prior to like back in the 80s and the 90s, there were a lot of these guys and gals that were thought leaders in the space. And they would peg the or their views would revolve around like the twin deficits, as an example, the budget deficit, the trade deficit. And but what we now know is there's very little correlation there with the dollar and twin deficits. But yet people still hang on to that as though that's written in stone. When all you have to do is just look at a chart going back to the 1980s and you see, wait a minute, there's very, very little correlation here. So I need to explain that. But back in the 80s and 90s, that was revolutionary thinking. And it was very, very good thinking. But now that we have all this information, we have all these charts, we have all these data points, we can see that we need to adjust our framework or else we're going to lose accuracy in predicting probabilities. So Jim Rickards goes on to say, what drives the dollar is the euro dollar market is conducted by the world's largest banks, London, New York, Tokyo. I, I would even more so uh, the banks in the shadows, like maybe right here in the Bahamas, in Bermuda, in the Cayman Islands, etc. It's where global liquidity and interest rates are actually determined. Couldn't agree more. The euro dollar market needs a constant supply of depositors parking their money offshore. This is where Jim Rickards gets it wrong. Now, I, and, and I, I say that with, with massive amounts of respect. It's like you, you can see that Rickards has probably been studying Snyder quite a bit. I, I would guess that's what's happening here behind the scenes, and uh, which is a, a testament to Jim because Jim could sit there and say, oh, no, you know, my framework is right, blah, 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 blah. But you can see that even at Jim's level, he's still trying to adjust his worldview. He's still trying to uh, get better and better and better, and he's still trying to tweak his, his framework and be as objective as possible. And for that, you got to give him a massive, massive hat tip. Uh, that's for sure. And it just shows you that Jim is someone that we should be listening to because he's not dogmatic. He's something, he's someone that, um, you know, can adjust, well, like the Fed, he's someone that is data dependent, let's say. And when the data changes, he changes his worldview and his, 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 his framework in general. But, uh, and I think maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll, he'll change his view on this as well. But now that this is not, uh, I think we can empirically say that this is not true. Uh, me, the euro dollar needs constant supply of depositors parking their money offshore. So this implies that if the United States were to stop running trade deficits, as an example, the amount of dollars getting outside the United States and getting into the euro dollar system to use as the euro dollar system what would be the equivalent of base money uh, would be a big problem. And therefore these banks balance sheets would contract and dollar liquidity would decrease. That's basically the argument here, but that still is dependent on the United States doing something. And in reality, I, I don't think this is my opinion. I think it's, 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 um, you can prove it empirically is the Euro dollar system does not need dollars. 
that does not need dollar deposits. It doesn't need, need green piece of paper. It doesn't need bank reserves. It doesn't need dollars leaving the United States at all. It's a system that runs on its own, regardless of what the U.S. is doing, regardless of what monetary policy is, regardless of what fiscal is, regardless of what deficits are. It runs on one thing and one thing only. That is counterparty risk. It's a free market system set up by the free market, controlled by the banksters, but these are banksters that are outside of the purview of the Federal Reserve. Now, I'm not saying it's a perfect system, but we have to acknowledge the fact that it was set up by the free market to solve a problem. And uh, we have to understand that it produces, its, its, its product, if you will, is euro dollars that are lent into existence. And although they share the same name, and although they're completely fungible, and they basically are dollars, in reality, they're completely removed. They're divorced from what is happening in the United States. And it's so hard for people to get their head around because we think of the dollar, well, that's the, do the dollar is the currency of the United States. No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, it, it, it kind of is, but the euro dollar really has nothing to do with the United States. And it, I can assure you it has nothing to do with uh, depositors taking their money from the United States, their dollars, and moving it outside the United States to act as some sort of base layer for the global monetary system. That's not what's going on. The, the global monetary system, quite frankly, doesn't have a base layer. The, the, the banks create the money from nothing. There is no base layer backing it up. So anyway, bottom line here is Jim Rickards really hits the nail on the head. You can tell that he's... He's significantly changing his view on the dollar. He still thinks that the dollar will go down, but maybe not so much relative to other currencies. I think that's a fundamental shift for uh, Jim. Uh, he's definitely not predicting that the dollar is going to crash. He's talking about the BRICS currency. He's saying that this is slow, that this is even this gold linked currency that he's talking about that said that he says would displace the dollar. He says that takes a long time for this to play out. And it's going to have growing pains. So he says, basically, in the interim, the dollar is not going to crash. But what you should consider is why gold rises to the top. That's kind of his conclusion here. But what I really wanted to point out is how his view on the dollar relative to other currencies has had this massive paradigm shift because he is starting to acknowledge and really think through how the global monetary system works. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you on the next video.